Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. No, your team is not going to win the Super Bowl in week number one. Once again, the Patriots are world champions. No, your team is not going to go undefeated. No, your team is not going to light the world on fire. You like that? You like that? At least not yet. Relax. Or as Aaron Rodgers tells us, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. Is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hello. How are you? Hope that you managed and navigated and survived and advanced through your Wednesday, your hump day. And here we are reconvening yet again. Man, this week feels as though it's going faster, maybe because I did my road trip to and from Syracuse on Monday. And so my schedule was a little off and because there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Of course, Carlos is with us all week. Producer Jay is on vacation with his family and will be back for his birthday on Sunday night into Monday. And we're trying to get you set up for what's to come. So a little bit later, Mark Folliwell, who's the TV play-by-play voice of the Dallas Mavericks, will join us. We'll talk about the stretch run for the Mavs, for Luka, uh, also really for the Wild Wild West. And coming up here in mere moments... It's the silly season in the NFL. It's silly, all right. That's one word for it. We know that we're in this period where teams can slap the franchise tags on their players and that very soon we'll be in free agency. We've got some big name QBs in line for contract extensions as well. And so the money is about to start flying even as we wait for some word of Aaron Rodgers. And any results that may have come from his time in the darkness. 
resist the dark side of the force. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. Always glad to connect with you there or on YouTube. Right now, Joel Corey's been on the show multiple times in the past, but it's been a while. So we're pleased to welcome you back, Joel, former agent who is now an expert with the contract talk and contract language in the NFL, as well as the salary cap. And he writes and he talks about it for CBS Sports. I always learn something. Uh, Joel, this time of the year, what is the question that you get asked most frequently as we head into free agency and contract talks? Well, one is about how franchise tags work, and that was the, the article today, on how they're calculated, uh, what's the timing of the franchise tag, what's the different types of franchise tags, and what other ramifications there are of putting a franchise tag on a player. Well, why do teams use the franchise tag? What are the benefits? Originally, when you started free agency in, I think, 93, 94, the intent was to keep your marquee players from leaving, mainly a quarterback. John Elway was the guy who came up in discussion of who they had in mind for the franchise tag. It's either evolved or devolved into teams restricting their best free agent from hitting the open market. Players don't like the franchise tag. Generally, maybe Kirk Cousins is the only one who does because it worked out for him where he got a fully guaranteed contract. (laughs) But generally, it's a high-priced one-year prove-it deal where after you've had your contract expire, you have to go out and do it again if you don't sign a long-term deal to hopefully then hit the open market and not get franchised a second time. You are an agent, so from an agent's perspective, are there benefits to having your player get franchised? Uh, Not necessarily, just because I think it's a very powerful management tool which can work to depress salaries, because if you didn't have a franchise tag at all, then you would have seen a tight end like Dalton Schultz get paid more than David Njoku, who's making almost $14 million a year, as opposed to making slightly less than 11 on the franchise tag, then he suffers a, I think it was a PCL injury, which kind of slowed him for part of the season, rebounded and played well down the stretch. But things could have gone sideways for him, and now he's had to prove it again in order to get paid. So I'm not a big fan from the player perspective as a, a franchise tag. From a team perspective, I'd want more than one because I wouldn't want to have anyone – that I wanted to leave, who could leave in free agency leave. I don't want the ability to keep them or restrict them from the open market in some way, shape, or form. We're excited to have Joel Corey back on the show again for CBS Sports. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. A lot of what we hear about the franchise tag has to do with, as you say, placeholding. And if you can't get a deal done or you haven't been able to come to a deal, it seems as though the Ravens are headed that direction with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have an agent, and it appears as though he's holding out for that guaranteed money. If you're a part of that front office, if you're part of that group that's trying to get this deal done, Joel, what do you think is the best course of action? Steve Bashai, the owner, was very... <laughs> critical of Deshaun Watson getting a fully guaranteed contract last March. Right. Lamar has been adamant about a fully guaranteed contract. Somebody has to cave to get this deal done. The Lamar missing games at the end of the regular season for a second straight year does not help in his quest to get a fully guaranteed contract. The Ravens probably are less inclined to do it 
this year as opposed to last year. Now, um, Lamar has made a lot of money in terms of being patient, not having an agent. If he had an agent, he probably gets done after his third year, um, probably shortly after Josh Allen. Maybe he's on the same six-year deal extension Josh Allen is. Maybe he's at $43.5 million. By waiting, the market changed dramatically, so it's benefited him. Now, what I would do in the situation if I represented Lamar, I would go in the position that I want the fully guaranteed contract, but I, right before the March 7th deadline to place the designation on any player, I would start trying to extract major concessions for things structurally I would want from the Ravens. And the reason I would be looking to do that is I don't think anyone's going to help Lamar get a fully guaranteed contract. Hmm. If you look at the quarterbacks who are going to get paid um, this offseason, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles aren't going to give him one. Um, the Bengals are going to pay Joe Burrow, but this is a team that has been in the dark ages structurally with their contracts. The only guaranteed money in veteran contracts is signing bonus. They're not going to go from zero to a hundred to mm-hmm. not even doing conventional guarantees to skipping that step to a fully guaranteed contract. They'll have to do conventional guarantees to get Burrow done. I don't think Justin Herbert, if they do him this summer, gets one. They didn't even give him his, full, his signing bonus in a lump sum. They deferred some of it. So I don't see a team which is deferring signing bonus going to go from that to a fully guaranteed contract. So I don't think anyone's going to help support Lamar's case. And knowing that going in, that's why I'd be willing to trade the fully guaranteed contract for things that I find meaningful that I would want in the contract to make it very player-friendly. I understand why Lamar would not want an agent so you don't have to share any of the money. I get it. No percentage goes to someone else. But what are the dangers for a player of not having a rep who can deal with a contract situation? Well, at least on that team, we do have recent history that they are able to get a deal done with someone who doesn't have an agent. That was Roquan Smith. I know things kind of went sideways with the Bears, and then once he's traded – that he gets a deal done with the Ravens right before the playoffs start. So I tend to think that was more the Bears were the issue, not Roquan. Um, but if you don't have a buffer between um, what's getting talked about in the um, negotiations, then there could be some very hard feelings, particularly if the team is saying something that a player doesn't want to hear. That's one of the biggest problems. And then just having someone else who can be a sounding board. I don't know who's helping Lamar. Maybe he's got some advisors who are experienced and they're the ones that he's leaning on besides his mom. And if that's the case, then he's fine. Um, I'm I'm assuming he's also leaning on the uh, Players Association as well uh, for some advice and counsel. But having that buffer in between means there won't be nearly the type of hard feelings there could be in a very contentious negotiation. Mm. As an emotional girl, I know that I would not be good in that situation because it would be hard for me to hear what my employer, what the team was saying. I agree with you about the buffer. There is talk that if the Ravens don't get a deal done with him, even if they would throw the franchise tag on him, that they might then look to trade him. Is that still an attractive move to make if someone's under a franchise tag? Well, there are two different franchise tags exclusive and non-exclusive if you have the non-exclusive then you can shop yourself to other teams and if you sign an offer sheet that isn't matched by your own team 
then your former team will get two first-round picks as compensation. There hasn't been a franchise player moved for full compensation since Joey Galloway in 2000 when he went from the Seahawks to the Cowboys. Ah. Now, the problem with two first-round picks uh, in a vacuum sounds like a lot, but that's inadequate compensation to me for Lamar Jackson. The reason I say that is we had the two quarterback trades last year, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. They went for what would you start looking at all the compensation. It was at least three first round picks. So Lamar should be worth at least the same that those guys went to and also went for. And you also have nine quarterbacks such as Jamal Adams, um, Jalen Ramsey, and Laramie Tunsil who've been traded for more than two first round picks thing is, the pricing for the non-exclusive tag is going to be $32.416 million. If you go exclusive, different calculation. It's a closed negotiation where he can't shop himself to anybody. But that's right now projects to a little over $45 million. It's the average of the top five salaries at the end of the restricted free agent signing period on April 21st. You could get more compensation in a trade that way because you would have to grant him permission to uh, find a suitor, and then you're not capped at the two first-round picks on the unmatched offer sheet. Then you can get the compensation, which is more in line with the Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson trades, if they choose to go that route and trade and try to trade uh, Lamar Jackson. One thing they won't do is not put any type of tag on him, let him hit the open market, and then in 2025 they'd be capped at a compensatory third-round pick, which uh-huh. would be at the back of the third round. So there is not a chance that Lamar Jackson will be an unrestricted free agent. He will be getting a franchise tag. It's just a question whether it's exclusive or not exclusive. Gotcha. Depending on which tag they use, Joel, would that be an indication of how they're feeling about the negotiations and whether or not they might think they have to move him? Oh, yes, because if they stick the non-exclusive tag on them, they're inviting someone to come in for an offer sheet and make the offer sheet in a manner which they won't want to match. You can't put poison pills in offer sheets, but if they don't want to give a fully guaranteed contract, the the way to deter them would be, you know what, let's fully guarantee this thing. Maybe it's not five years, maybe it's four, maybe it's three, but if they don't want to do the fully guaranteed contract on their own, then you say someone like Atlanta – who was in the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson last year. It has a ton of cap room, had a rookie quarterback um, after uh, start towards the end of the year. Let's say they put an offer sheet that's fully guaranteed. Maybe the Ravens go, eh, we'll take the two first-round picks. That means they're tired of the negotiations, don't like the direction, ready to move on, mm. and they're cutting their losses. I would go exclusive tag at a higher price point. Just because I could, if I'm going to trade him, I'm able to get what would be his true acquisition cost through a trade in terms of draft capital. But it will be interesting and telling to see which tag they use, exclusive or non-exclusive. It doesn't seem to be any type of a disconnect between the Giants and Daniel Jones the way that there has been or the way that it's been reported. It's starting to feel like with the Ravens. So why would the Giants franchise tag Daniel Jones instead of just give him a contract? Well, you have until March 7th, so there's still plenty of time. And the best offer that uh, Daniel Jones is going to get is probably going to come March 6th or before that 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. <laughs> now, the the interesting thing to me was Daniel Jones switched agents. Um, that came out, I think, uh, yesterday or the day before. And then there was a report that he's looking for $45 million per year. <laughs> I'm not paying Daniel Jones $45 million per year. 
uh, let's not forget that they turned down the fifth year option on him. And if I'm the Giants, I'm thinking you've been good for 15 minutes before we the new regime took over Brian Dayball. You were headed towards potentially being a backup if things didn't go well. Yes, you played well down the stretch. You established yourself as one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the NFL. We know you don't have receivers. We think that the skies you have a lot of upside. But if you're on $45 million per year and you don't have a lot of flexibility on that, we'll just have you play on the tag. And if you do it again, then maybe you get your $45 million per year or more. Hmm. Um they got to get somebody done, Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, because uh, they don't want to have both those guys hit the open market. One gets tagged, and hopefully they get one done on a long-term deal. Joel Corey is a former agent, now studies contracts, and is a salary cap expert for CBS Sports. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Looking at the average annual value for quarterbacks, Joel, Aaron Rodgers, of course, who is the only one in the league for now who averages more than $50 million per year, but Russell Wilson not far behind him. Kyler Murray with his new deal is $46 million. We know about Deshaun Watson and that fully guaranteed deal with the Browns. But you mentioned both Joe Burrow uh, as well as Jalen Hurts for the Eagles now, who's coming off his best career game in the Super Bowl. What type of AAV are we talking about for those two guys? When Joe Burrow signs his deal, it's going to make him the highest-paid player in the league. There's already a track record for Cincinnati doing that. Um, once upon a time, they did have a quarterback. They took the first overall pick in Carson Palmer. Hmm. Um, towards the end of the 2005 regular season, they made him the highest-paid player in the league. So the agent knows this. Brian Irock, who is a very sharp agent, someone who drives a hard bargain, any deal Joe Burrow does will reset the market from an average standpoint. Now, Hurts is a little bit more interesting. This time last year, there were question marks about him, and people were wondering whether he could be the uh, long-term answer. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, uh, unequivocally said that he was after the year he had. Now, they made Carson Wentz who he ended up replacing, the fourth highest paid player in the league. Um, So to me, that's a floor. But what I'm really looking at is $50 million per year for him is what I would want if I represented him. And I'm looking at another quarterback taking the same year as Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. MVP candidate in his third year in 2018. Rams get to the Super Bowl. He suffers a late season slump. Doesn't play well in the Super Bowl. Nonetheless, before the regular season starts, signs a contract tying him as the second highest paid player in the league with Aaron Rodgers. Now, Hurts, better third year than Goff. Second highest paid player right now is Russell Wilson. So, to me, I would try to use that as ammunition to get $50 million per year. Mm. It is crazy. A Patrick Mahomes at $45 million a year or a Josh Allen at $43 million a year can now be considered, and I'm using my air quotations, but cheaper, Joel. There's a lot of interesting takes about the Mahomes deal. One, I hear a lot of media people advocating that Burrow should do a Mahomes-type deal. One thing you got to keep in mind about that is he really moved the bar from an average standpoint. Contract's way too long for my liking, but mm. at the time, Russell Wilson was highest-paid player at $35 million. He's at $45 million. That's 28.6% more. So if I'm Joe Burrow and you want me to even consider that, I have to be 28, 30% more than Aaron Rodgers. That's putting me at $65 million per year. Whoa. Two, 
I don't like the way the cash flow was in the Mahomes deal. It's very backloaded that he didn't get much more cash over the first couple of years and if he'd done nothing or played on the franchise tags. I guarantee you that you may never hear Patrick Mahomes say this publicly, but as more and more quarterbacks go past him, there are already four. There could be as many as eight by the time the regular season starts. Whoa. He's not going to be happy about that since he's the best player in the league. And he signed a 10-year extension with two years left on his rookie contract. So at some point, the Chiefs are going to have to look at that contract as it becomes much greater for them in terms of the the bargain they're getting. Because you can't have an unhappy Patrick Mahomes. When there's a $60 million per year quarterback, I'm not sure what year that happens. It is coming. And he's at 45, and if he's still the best player in the league or one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, and he's at 45, and guys who aren't him are at 60, you got a problem. Yeah, no doubt. And he certainly has all the bargaining power in the world with the two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and, of course, helping the Chiefs win their second ring in four years. Before I let you go, Joel, when we talk about quarterback salaries, there's often this pushback from people. You can't afford to pay your quarterback such a sizable average annual sum when you've got other players to sign. It turns out to be a knock or a a negative for the rest of your roster. It reduces your depth or maybe the other top-flight players that you can go after. How accurate is that? We saw this year we had the quarterback on the winning team take up 17% of the team's adjusted cap. That's right there proof it can be done. It's not the quarterback's job or the player's job to manage the salary cap for the team. That's the (laughs) team's job. Right. The thing is that people were spoiled by what Tom Brady was doing in New England. After the deal he signed in 2010, he started taking hometown discounts, which allowed the Patriots to have more depth and more talent than they would on the team otherwise. That's an anomaly. Nobody else is doing that. The Mahomes deal was trying to have the best of both worlds, stretch it out so far where they could keep kicking the can down the road, have it backloaded. So from a cash standpoint, They were going to also have the ability to uh, amass more talent early on. But as I said earlier, he's going to be unhappy at some point if he's human like everyone else in terms of looking at, (laughs) okay, I'm better than these guys. They're making so much more than me. That's going to have to be addressed. Maybe it's 2025. Maybe it's 2026. But they're going to have to do something to adjust the salary if he is the guy we think he is. He's on a trajectory to be the greatest player or at least quarterback, to play the game. I know Brady played for 97 years and has seven (laughs) Super Bowl rings. But from an individual standpoint, talent-wise, no one's had a better start to their career as a quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Do you ever miss being at the negotiating table? Negotiating table, yes. Uh, Some of the other aspects of being an agent, no. Well, we're glad to have your knowledge with CBS. I'm always blown away whenever I talk to you, just the amount of knowledge that is necessary to have these types of discussions intelligently. You can not only hear it from Joel, but you can see it too if you read his columns. Uh, he's got a new one up, everything you need to know about franchise and transition tags, and then some of the frequently asked questions that he gets as we head into the silly season for the NFL. On Twitter at Corey, C-O-R-R-Y, Joel, J-O-E-L, just in case people don't know. It's always good to catch up with you, Joel. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. 
Sure. Thanks for having me. He comes up with the most in-depth analysis. If you read his articles, we're talking about the the money and the math breakdowns of the percentages, and yet also has the ability to share it in a way that is appealing to people who don't know anything about the math. So everything to know about franchise and transition tags, as well as NFL free agency, QB extensions, salary cap stuff, all the cool stuff. That's with Joel Corey on Twitter, as well as his articles. And he's got a podcast, too, on CBSSports.com. That breakdown of the Lamar Jackson, at this point, stalemate, I think is fascinating, right? Because there is a strategy to using the franchise tag, and it could actually be to result in the most in return for the Ravens if, in fact, they can't come to a compromise over contract with their quarterback. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Not sure if you all heard the ultimatum that A.J. Brown gave to the Eagles about his status tied to another player's status, but uh, it made us laugh yesterday. And a little more with him on the Raw Room podcast uh he talked about what went wrong in the super bowl as well it's after hours with amy lawrence cbs sports radio worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurts in the gun. Hurts. This time, fakes. He's back. He's looking deep. He wants A.J. Brown. And it's caught for a touchdown. A.J. Brown. The ball is at the... Eagles 48, empty backfield. Hurts looks, he starts to run, he fumbles the football, and it is recovered by the Chiefs. And running all the way in for a touchdown, it is Nick Bolt. Yep. There's the biggest mistake of the game. Lining up three receivers all to the far side. Hurts goes back. He's stepping up. He's looking, still looking. He is launching it deep downfield. And it bounces, and the seconds are gone. 
And the Kansas City Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. Here's Amy Lawrence. From the perspective of Eagles play-by-play voice, Meryl Reese, uh, big moments there in the Super Bowl, uh, maybe the biggest being the Nick Bolton pick, oh, not pick six, fumble return for a touchdown that happened in the second quarter when the Eagles were driving and could have had greater than a 10-point lead at halftime. Ultimately, uh, the defense unable to stop the Chiefs in the second half as they scored on every possession, and really the game became much more about the ball control for both sides. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We know now that Jalen Hurts is in line for a massive contract extension. We just talked about it with Joel Corey of CBS Sports about what he might command and how his extension could line up with Joe Burrows. Those are the two big names out there who are eligible. He earned himself a lot of money in the Super Bowl, even though it was a loss. I don't think there's any question the Eagles get this done, but just in case there is, Top wide receiver A.J. Brown has got a message for Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM. This, I love Philly. And I'm about, what I'm about to say, you do not pay this man. Just ship me off wherever he finna go. <laughs> it's over. I'm telling you. Package deal me <laughs> with you. Listen, so you talk about pressure, Howie, get it done. Get it done. <laughs> uh, he says, I love the Eagles. This is not a trade request. Unless you do not pay the man, you do not pay Jalen Hurts, then you might as well just ship me off. It's a package deal. I'm going where he's going. And they've been friends for a long time, and you can see their connection worked out well on the field, even for a team that is run first. Uh, He also talks about how the Super Bowl could have gone differently on the Raw Room podcast. You know, the turnover hurt us. You know, know, Jalen lost the ball, but that hurt us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But... It didn't really, it didn't really come to play until late. Yeah. So you know, every point count. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And mm. I, I think they missed a field goal too. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But the thing after the turnover, we turned around and scored, which mm. was big. You yes. know what I'm saying? And a two point, and if probably we could get, uh, probably could could have got that that catch on Devontae right before the half. Mm-hmm. We probably score again right there. Yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch of different ways. Every game this this uh, could apply to, but there are a bunch of different ways the Super Bowl could have gone differently. Uh, certainly the fact that they were able, the Chiefs were able to get that pick six. Now, it did limit what the offense was able to do because they gave the ball right back to the Eagles, but that was a huge stop for them. Uh, and then, obviously, the fact that they had deferred and the Chiefs had the ball to start the second half and they were able to begin their rally at that point and immediately cut a 10-point lead down to just three. So what a great Super Bowl it was. Still tied in the final minutes of that game. The Raw Room podcast with Darren Bates and Jalen Collins. They're both NFL vets. Uh, Some funny stuff there from A.J. Brown. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I've been waiting for Marco Belletti to join us here in studio because I wondered if you heard about the meteorites that hit Earth in the last couple of days. Uh, completely unaware. This is fascinating to me because I love space and the idea of planets and stars and other things shooting through the sky. Have you ever seen a meteor? A meteorite? A, 
Uh, not that shooting I'm aware of. Star, no. okay. I mean, shooting star, yeah, I guess, but uh, you don't know that. I, I don't know. I feel like somebody's got to tell me for sure. Is that definitely what I just saw? <laughs> well, there was this large fireball, like an actual fireball in the sky that exploded uh, over Texas going back a couple of days ago. And after that happened, a piece of a space rock was recovered. This is pretty incredible. There's actually photos of it on the American Meteor Society's Facebook page. It's a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds was this big fireball. And I don't know how they know this. Maybe because of the piece that broke off. But they're saying, or maybe because of satellites or whatever they have in space, they can see it. They're saying that it was a thousand pound meteor that broke apart. And it only happened 21 miles above the Earth. So it broke apart 21 miles up, which... Wow, that's mm-hmm. fairly close to the Earth's surface. And what was it, like a pebble, basically, by the time it got down here? Yeah, so... If, <laughs> well, because once it goes through the atmosphere, that's why it's, you right. know, it's got to burn up and break up. Yeah, the atmosphere slows it down, thankfully, because those puppies are traveling at, at right. uh, incredible speeds. Uh, then they get through the atmosphere and they scatter into smaller pieces. Uh, that's according to NASA. It was moving at 27,000 miles per hour with the energy of eight tons of TNT. According to NASA. So, yeah, uh, this we're talking about a 1,000-pound meteor. So, in, in the city of McAllen, Texas, and other communities around it, they heard what I guess could have been described as like a sonic boom. But it actually, according to some witnesses, shook the earth because it was that loud. It was that powerful as this meteorite broke up. But I mean, 20 miles up is not that far. I mean, mm. you you can see uh, what – how. Uh, do you think about like some of the things that you can see in space on clear nights, right? You can see other planets. So if it's a clear day, 21 miles up is, especially right. if it's a fireball is, is not impossible to see. So I guess there were like hundreds of phone calls to start flooding police departments. People are concerned. They don't know what it is. Turns out that it's a meteorite. Um, and apparently according to some witnesses, the, the fire, the fire itself, you could see it even in the daytime because that's how big it was, right? So then these pieces hmm. dropped down. Okay, third piece found so far in Texas. The first two in Italy and France. How about that? I mean, it's 21 miles up in Texas and pieces land in Italy and France? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Also wicked cool. I'm going to say science <laughs> is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so the Italian meteorite landed on someone's balcony, according to the Guardian. <laughs> I don't know how big that one was. Let's see if I can figure Do it out. Do we have any of the sizes of any of the rocks? Yeah, so I'm trying to find um, the space object, blah, 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 spotted in the skies, blah, blah, blah. Uh, more than 70 grams of the fragments have been found so far and gathered for study. So I guess that means that most of them were fairly small. Yeah, they're pebbles. By the time it's wild. Well, how- you look at the photo though on the Facebook page. It actually doesn't look like a pebble. It looks like a fist-sized rock. Would you like to see it? Actually, maybe even bigger than a fist-sized rock. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's still like an but, ostrich egg. I was going to say, but it's still like a rock. It's still a small rock. It's it still is. something that you it know is. you could put in your hand. But thank God. Well, th- that's kind of. I think it, I'm. I'm highlighting the fact that you're talking about a thousand tons, and by the time it actually hits the Earth. You're talking about something that you can hold in the size of your hand. That's how small, yeah. because that's how, you know, all, all the things that has to go through with the atmosphere and right. how it Thank burns heavens. up. And it just, yeah. it's, it's really cool how all that stuff works out.
Yeah, no, it's amazing that there were pieces that landed in three different countries. And it's not unusual, which is kind of wild. That's the We don't know about a lot of this stuff right. most of the time because we don't even realize there are things that are pelting the atmosphere constantly. And, we don't, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a big deal. It's only, you know, 500 tons. And you're like, oh, okay, so I guess that doesn't mean anything. So it's just kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's wild how some of this stuff works out. And I'm sure now it would be highlighted a bit more uh, when you see things in the sky. Because we've seen too many things in the sky of late, and uh-huh. everybody's just kind of like, "Wait, what is that Balloon one now?" Size. So uh, there's all <gasps> kinds of stuff. So. Maybe that's what happened. Pieces of the meteorite knocked down the balloons that were floating over the United States of America. That's possible. <laughs> possible. So apparently, that one more thing I'll say is that this piece that hit the balcony, and this is what talk, talk about totally geeky. Uh, what scientists get really excited about? It's still in pristine condition, as though it came directly from space, is what the scientists indicated. Hmm. So it's. I don't know if it's going to be put in a museum or if it's going to be used for study, but the, uh, because of the different satellites and even huge telescopes that they now have in space, they saw the fireball, they saw right. the meteor, they knew it was coming, but I'm still about the 21 miles above, 21 miles above the earth, and yet it's scattered all over our globe. Which is it's why you said, amazing. you know, how do they know how big, because they've been tracking this thing for who knows how long. Yes. So they've already known how big it is, how it's going to hit, all the math that I don't understand that they've been doing for <laughs> who knows how long this thing has been on their radar, that they've seen it from so far out. Right. I mean, that's why we, you know, go back in the time with the old movies of like Armageddon and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you could see these things coming. Um, they they know. They, they they know if it's if it's coming at us or not and how big it is and how inconsequential it's going to be or if it's something like this where we're actually going to get some fragments out of it and not hurt us but get some fragments Mm. out of it i would say my favorite would be my favorite type of meteor in a movie meteorites meteor in a movie would be in empire strikes back where han solo takes the millennium falcon into a meteor field and he's got to hide the millennium falcon from the empire that's not exactly that's (laughs) that's not earth so that's no no i i can't now I can't think of the one. There was another one, Armageddon in 98, with uh, Morgan Freeman as the president. Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Thank you, Carlos. That was the other one I couldn't think of. Impressive. Taylor Leone. I was like, well, I'm going through it. I couldn't remember the name of the movie. Deep I Impact. I actually liked it better than Armageddon. Uh, well, they were both not good. Um, <laughs> right. Was Armageddon was a little bit more clownish. And it Deep was. Impact was a little bit, uh, tried to be a little bit of a better movie. It just, you know, fell a little flat. But they weren't, they weren't awful. They were, you know. They're, they're, they're summer movies. You spend two hours, they're all right. Yeah, they're good. They're ent- mindless entertainment. Definitely mindless for Armageddon, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. that one for very, sure. Very clownish, yes. Well, that was Bruce Willis, right? Correct. Yeah. Ben Affleck and mm-hmm. uh, Steve Buscemi actually played a really good role in that movie. I thought he was funny. Uh, the rest of it was a little weak. but <laughs> It's uh, funny, though, that we talk about like movies on Mars and, and, I mean, we're getting all kinds of crazy. You never know what could be out there. Well, I mean... There's all kinds of stuff. And I mean, that's sure. why I like to talk about the science. Like, you, you don't know. I mean, you joke like, oh, there's nothing's going to hit. You have no idea what could break apart and all of a sudden wind up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in space that none of us have any idea oh. about. Uh, you know what else, actually, a meteor? Uh, did you ever watch the movie Passengers? No, I don't know that one. Okay, really good. Jennifer Lawrence and is it Chris Pratt? I think it's Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt in that one. And they're in, they're traveling. Well, they're in hibernation, these hibernation chambers with 5,000 people who are going to colonize a planet somewhere else in the galaxy. And it takes 90 years to get to this planet, so they have to be hibernating. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know, a couple of years into it, their ship gets hit by a meteor and completely blows, like starts causing all kinds of problems, blows holes in the ship, and it turns into, you know, this major issue that they have to solve. The, hmm. the couple of them woke up. Anyway, really good, but that's another meteor. I just watched oh, that over the okay. weekend, too. I've never heard of that. This I'm is assuming- what I do with my Sundays now, that I don't have football to watch. <laughs> And we talked about this. You're allowed to watch movies that were not from in the last five years. That's true. You can go back and go into time and and see some of the older ones. It's possible. That seems newer because Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, I would imagine that's within the last 10 years or so. good movie. Which is probably why I don't know it. You should watch it with your son. Um, It's interesting. I'll see. If I can get him to watch anything, that's fine with me. (laughs) Okay, cool. If he could sit still for two hours, we're cool. Oh, yeah. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Coming up next hour, Mark Folliwell, conversation about the Mavericks and the Western Conference. Uh, But lots of new guys being introduced with their new teams post-All-Star break. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Here's Russ. Two-pointer. Good. Bank shot from 17 feet on the left side. And now the Lakers lead by seven with 110 to go. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. John Ireland on Lakers Radio. Well, Russell Westbrook is switching locker rooms there in L.A. (laughs) At least he doesn't have to go anywhere. And, of course, Los Angeles is home to him. Uh, remember he played his college ball at UCLA. He and did he and Kevin Love play together? That might have been the case. I'd have to look that up again. Anyway, uh, for him to be able to stay put in LA is a big deal, and you can hear that he's very excited to now join the Clippers. Super excited, man. I'm I'm just excited to to get back to playing. Uh, I love to play basketball, not just that, but love to have fun uh, while doing it. Um, and. I get to stay home, uh, see the wife and the kids and take them to school in the morning. That's a big part of my day. And, um, you know, nothing more important than that. And I'm happy to be here. I mean, this is a former NBA MVP, but now suiting up for his fifth team in five years. What a journey he's been on since that whole saga with Oklahoma City unraveled. Remember, he chose to stay there when Kevin Durant decided to leave and join the Warriors, and they brought in Paul George. And Paul George was seemingly committed, and then all of a sudden wanted out. Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A., he recruits PG-13, Paul then leaves, and what happens next? Well, Russ wants out as well. So Russ gets traded to Houston in exchange for Chris Paul because James Harden and Chris Paul did not play well together. What a shock. Uh, And so Chris Paul goes to OKC. Russ goes to Houston. That doesn't work either. Was Washington after that? So Washington after that. uh, Then he ends up with the Lakers, and we know that tenure did not go well. Just didn't really fit there, though Darvin Ham tried to work him into a role where he was anchoring that second unit. I appreciate Russ for everything he tried to do for us, for sacrificing, you know, complying with with my vision of him coming off the bench and having a more balanced lineup. I wish him well going forward, and that's it. And, and that's it. Ty Lu has a little more to say about Russ joining the Clips. Russ knows our expectations, you know, what we need from him. Um, he brings a dynamic that we don't have, you know, on this team. And so we're just excited. You know, we're excited for the new start. And um, there's been a lot of talks, like I said, front office, you know, players, you know, coaches. And um, we're just excited of the opportunity. 
So it was OKC, Houston, Washington, L.A., Lakers, and now the Clippers. And Westbrook, he was very smiley as he was introduced on Wednesday. Really happy that both Paul George and Marcus Morris stumped for him. They wanted the Clippers to bring him on board. That's a huge part, man, for anybody, any normal human being in any situation in the workplace and somebody that uh, a lot of teammates and people that want you here is uh, very important um, to me. I, I value that a lot. Just I've been in this league a long time and being somewhere that people want you and they embrace you. And um, that meant a lot to me. Yeah, I can imagine it does. It would mean a lot to me, too, to know that you've got peers in the league who are saying, I don't care what's happened with the Lakers. I don't care what happened in the past. We know that he can be a viable option here. Uh, and so good for Russ. I'm glad he's smiling. I'm glad he's happy. Certainly glad he doesn't have to go anywhere. And he's averaging right now just shy of 16 points per game to go along with six rebounds and seven and a half assists. So a guy who, even though he was coming off the bench, has still able to fill up a stat sheet. Now, do you want this guy to be jacking up threes all the time? Not necessarily, especially not when he is out of rhythm. We know that he... Uh, he can still be aggressive. He will still defend. He'll still get up and down the court. He can still push the ball. Uh, and so the Clippers, they want to add him. They feel like they have a team that can make some noise and maybe break out of the scrum that is the Western Conference. What about Pat Beverly? He's also leaving the Lakers. Just wait till you hear what he says next on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.